Hello, good evening, welcome to the Mongols pod sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. You probably have noticed by now this isn't Mike's voice um, coming in coming in your speakers. Uh, this week I'm hosting it, Kevin, and with me I have Mike and Josh. And we're going to recap this past week and talk about uh, the big teams uh, heading into the Eastern Conference in the, in the 2019 season and kind of go through them piece by piece and have an in-depth kind of overview discussion around this. But first... I love being on this side of the table. Uh, gentlemen, how, how has it been going? How has your week been? Mike, what have you done? <laughs> okay, so hold on. This feels really <laughs> weird. Um, first, I got to put something out there. And this isn't the reason why you're hosting, but we have to acknowledge that somebody turned, is it 28 today? Or oh, you, yeah, 28. Two yeah, years yeah. closer to death. Uh, 28. Yep. Happy yep. birthday, Kev. Thank you. Uh, a, f- a friend of mine actually texted me today and said, like, happy birthday on turning 28. And it, that was the first time I, re- I was like, oh, OK, it's 28. I didn't even think about the age. Um, I was like, oh, thanks for letting me know about that. Um, at a certain point, you just know. stop counting. Like, honestly, yeah. I, I'm at the point now where I just do the math backwards. I just remember the year I was born. And then I'm like, what year are we in now? Uh, uh, yeah. OK. Yeah. All right. That's how old I'll be. OK, got it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Uh, no, I, otherwise, aside from you know your birthday, I, I felt like it was a very productive week for all sorts of different reasons. We finally ordered our chickens, which will be coming in in May, so it's like Holy it's crap. happening. Uh, I did our taxes, uh, got a lot of stuff done for BGN. Went for a, a brief hike yesterday. Um, yeah, overall, just like checked a lot of boxes. It felt like a lot of small things, but a lot of things got done. So overall, I was happy with how the weekend turned out. Josh, have you finished your taxes? Uh, I have to ask Liz. Uh, I'm pretty sure yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's yeah. been going on? Uh, speaking of productive, I have not put on real pants today. I've been in my pajamas pants all day because I had President's Day off. Nice. So I've been not productive at all. I watched uh, Jurassic World 2. It wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> all the special features for Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, eh, the movie's still just meh. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I've done today. I checked them. I, 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 was gonna say, I watched uh, my show. My, <laughs> my um, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I watched um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. It just came out to rent um, recently. Oh, yeah. um, I saw it in the theaters. Worth a watch. It was pretty good. Yeah. Mike, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I checked the mailbox three times today before I realized it was President's Day. So, like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird because because we homeschool our kids. Like, it just felt like any other. And I had I worked today, so it felt like just any other day. And our neighbor from across the street texted us around noon. And she was like, hey, the kids were wondering if your kids want to come play. And I was like, wait, what? They're not in school? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so happy President's Day as well. All right, so we're going to jump in oh, after wait. that. Oh, God. One thing. I, I figured this would be a good time to put the intro music right before we actually talk about soccer. <laughs> Can you believe that, guys? No, I mean, that, that is no, the craziest sequence of events we've seen in, all, in quite a period of time. In the top right corner, gentlemen. Out to the middle. Back to I guess we couldn't get away with that. Uh, <laughs> I tried. Uh, I thought you were doing like a Netflix thing, like a, a cold open, and then like it was going to be like halfway through the show before you actually see the title card of the show. Be like, oh, that's right. They haven't done that yet. <laughs> I didn't know what I was watching. I'm so glad they showed me. 
So the past this past week, um, the Hounds played two more preseason matches against Duquesne on Friday, um, which we drew nil-nil, and then we played the University of Charleston um, on Sunday, which we also drew nil-nil, both matches taking place at Highmark. Um, that brings us to a preseason record of two wins and two draws. Guys, what do you think about this? I mean, I'll, I'll do the kind of weekly touch, like kind of touch base with with your thoughts around preseason. Do we still care? I mean, we haven't conceded a goal so far this season. Um, you can maybe make the argument that Charleston's a bit more, you know, Duquesne and Charleston are, are, are a bigger competition than probably what we've seen before. Um, but what are your thoughts, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> so I had tweeted out uh, after the result of the game on Sunday with an in-nil draw. I just wrote, ugh. And uh, our buddy Matt Geica, who's going to be on the show next week with us, uh, put us to task and said, but I thought preseason games didn't matter according to your show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it'll be fun to have Matt on to talk about that. Um, And I know he's being sarcastic, but still, like, yes, preseason games don't matter. And we talked about, would we like to see the Hounds play, you know, bigger competition than college teams all the time in the preseason? And I think this is a case where, you know, okay, we're a few weeks into the preseason. We're playing college teams. These college teams had their seasons in the fall. Like, who knows how much training they're actually doing right now. And for all intents and purposes, when you looked at the lineup on Sunday, it was largely our starting 11 from last year. Um, or or players capable of being our starting 11 this year. And so to see the team come out with a nil-nil draw is slightly frustrating. I expect these games to be shutouts one way or another because of the way that our defense is and, and the way that things are set up and the experience that we have back there, I expect us to have shutouts. So the fact that the team keeps putting out press releases saying like, hey, the Hounds still have a clean sheet, that's like looking at the sunny side of the coin. But like there's still the other side where it's while these college teams may be bunkering um, to play against us, which it sounds like the game on Sunday, we spent a lot of time in, uh, in Charleston's half, which is great. The biggest issue that we had last season was being able to break teams down. And when we're playing these college teams and we're not able to break them down, part of you goes, okay, it's still preseason. But then you also look around the league and you look at, you know, there's all these other cups going on where you have USL teams playing MLS teams and, and, you know, Vegas was just playing, I think, Colorado and getting a result. And, and these other teams are challenging themselves more than playing off-season college teams. And so when you see a nil-nil draw, it's... We... But so here's, here's my thing, though. I, I, I question the mentality around it. I, I, I think as a manager, you might... I don't know. I, I think a benefit of scheduling preseason games against other USL competition or even MLS competition for that matter is it maybe forces the players to have a different mindset going into the game whereas I think I don't know if it I would I would put money down that you know while we started a relatively strong lineup um in in our most recent game on Sunday against uh Charleston was it Charleston yeah Charleston University Charleston um you know, the players are going in that with a completely different mindset than a game that actually matters for the USL. So I, I don't know, Josh, I mean, do you take any credence to this of, do you think it's just maybe a mentality thing where we're not really kind of focusing too much on it? Um, or or do you think this is something to, you know, maybe maybe to be concerned about? I mean, I'm not concerned. I, I am kind of upset by the fact that on Sunday, our starting lineup, like uh, Mike was saying, like not even looking at our back line, which is pretty much all starters as well, but our you know, our forwards are midfield. We had Tommy V, Forbes, Dabo, Kerr, Brett, and Dos Santos. 
all playing at once on the field. And then in the back, like we still had like Dover and Adewale. So, I mean, it's not like we were completely crippled at the back where they had to do a lot of sweeping up in the back uh, half of the field. So it, it, not seeing any goals from that is upsetting. But then, then again, like the weekend or the weekend before that, we got like a six zero. So it, it, I don't feel like this is panic mode. Uh, last season in the preseason, we had one loss and the rest were wins. So, you know, you could argue that we're already off to a rougher start, but we haven't had a loss yet. So maybe not. But as far as the MLS uh, quality uh, opponents in the offseason that like we're seeing like LA or not LA um, Las Vegas play I'm kind of reminded of the open cup so when you have a smaller team play or bigger team that smaller team is showing up and they're making a point that bigger team is barely paying attention they're playing like crap players like third string just working it out so when it comes to us playing a college team I gotta imagine those college kids they're actually playing to win Whereas if we're playing like a Columbus crew or something like that, they might not be playing to win, uh, at least not with all the heart. And that yeah, goes the flip side there. The Hounds themselves playing a college team, maybe they're not playing as right. with as much heart as they would be if they were playing an MLS team. So I don't really think that is a good uh, barometer to be placing on this team, saying like, well, it's not MLS quality, so therefore we should be kicking their butts uh, because Las Vegas kicked uh, Toronto's butt like 6-0. So it, it's not quite the same. Josh, Josh, I'll stay with you for a second here. I mean, you mentioned panic mode. What looks like panic mode in in this preseason? Like what what happens where we really not need to start being concerned? Is it is it just a simple 1-0 loss against one of these college teams? Or do we really need to get thumped? Like, like what what is panic uh, in preseason for us. I mean, for me, panic is only if uh, we get a lot of players injured. That's the only thing that's going to make me panic about the offseason, uh, preseason. Like, if, you know, we, we got that scare with Greenspan, him going down, getting hurt. If a whole lot of our players get hurt, then I'm panicking. But as far as results go, uh, it's going to take a lot to make me panic, especially depending on who's out on the field. Because if we're still doing trial lists and we're losing, like, let's say we lost 6-0, but we have, like, five trialists out there, that's not the Hounds playing. That's trialists playing, trying to be on the Hounds team. So I'm not really concerned about those type of results. The only thing that did concern me, like we were talking about, is the fact that we had mostly starters on Sunday in the first half and we couldn't put a goal in the back of the net. That that concerns me, but not enough to panic. <laughs> Right, Mike. What uh, panic mode? What does it look like to you? Is it is that a thing uh, in this preseason that can happen? Is it just injuries? What what's it look like? No, I mean I agree with Josh. I think the only time I'm panicked is when you start to see big names go down, like we said with Greenspan getting hurt. You well, know, speaking of, I mean, is there any news on Greenspan's injury? No, uh, he was practicing with the team. Um, okay. He was not playing in the preseason games. Uh, he was on the sideline though. Uh, looked like his. Uh, so, I mean, he's he's well enough to practice, not well enough to play. Yeah, and there's been nothing official said from the team either. So it's just sort of, you know, as as I expected. But, yeah, I, I'm just only worried if people are getting hurt. I, I think the thing that – it's difficult because, I, you know, we're, we're going to come out of this and we're going to go into the first game of the season and the preseason isn't going to matter at all. I mean, once we get to that first game, everything is wiped clean. Even if we lose every game in the preseason, it doesn't matter. We're going to say it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. Um, I think that it's just 
I'm not concerned. It's just a little bit disheartening when you sort of look around at what's going on elsewhere and you you have high expectations and hopes for this team. And Josh, you're right. I mean, we won 6 nothing last weekend. And so to come in and go nil-nil against these two teams, it, it's whatever. It's just whenever you look at a certain lineup and you sort of have certain expectations. And, and we've talked about with Coach and we've talked about with the players where sort of winning begets winning and it's a mentality sort of thing. And you have to imagine that these guys got to be going out there thinking like we're playing against these college teams we're professionals we should be wiping the floor with these guys and to still come out nil nil and so that just makes me think what is the purpose of these preseason games because I think that some other teams like Vegas are going to use it as a hype machine to try to get as many people interested in the team as they can and that's clearly not the case here it's kind of like we need bodies who can somewhat play because you don't know what Lily's trying to do as well it could be I don't want USL caliber MLS caliber kind of players because I'm going to be changing systems five times over the course of the game and I want to see how the guys adapt to it and how they can handle it with bodies on the field that are just going to sort of move around and do things in which case he may you know get full use out of these preseason games and find exactly what he needs it's just as a fan as anticipation is building for the season we keep getting more and more we have a game that's six nothing and then to come out of this weekend with two nil nil draws which we saw you know um I don't want to say a lot of last season. It feels like we saw a lot of nil-nil draws last season, but I don't think that was the case. Uh, it's just like, ugh, all right. Like, we'd like to see somebody breaking some stuff down, especially against some of these college teams. So that's sort of where I am. Going from ugh to slightly good news. Um, so we got Toby back in the lineup uh, against Duquesne. Um, he came in as a sub uh, on fr- on Friday's game and started against Charleston. So if anything, I mean, that's – to me, that's huge, um, and and the fact that I mean, you guys were talking about Greenspan was was training again. That's huge as well. Um, and then another little note, uh, kind of I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm keeping an eye on Vonky Zio and where he kind of seems to play and, and is being deployed over the over the preseason. And seemingly he started in the, in the midfield um, over the weekend and then ended as a defender um, end of the game. So. Once again, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the kind of setting a precedence for a, a continuing to be moved around the field, maybe not really picking a position for him, which which is fine. You know, he, he played well enough last season kind of being deployed all over the field, so we'll see if that happens again. One thing to note in addition to that is uh, I took a quick glance at who was on the training roster, um, basically who's in camp but hasn't been signed yet, and it doesn't feel like, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, it doesn't feel like there's been a lot of turnover over the first two weeks. Like, I feel like last season it was, okay, a bunch of people were in. Okay, half those guys are out. New guys are in. It feels like it's been pretty much the same guys, and we haven't had any additional signings since Valeski. So, who knows True. when we're going to start. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I, who knows when we're going to start seeing some of these guys get signed. Um, if we're going to see some of these guys get signed. But there's going to have to be some news soon because, I mean, it's – the 18th of February, and the season starts at the beginning of March. So just something else to keep an eye out for. I mean, we did those. Just so you know, we dropped, uh, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven guys so far. Uh, so they were released from tryouts. Oh, well, then I'm wrong. Uh, so yeah. seven have been, yeah, seven have been dropped. Um, and I think only like four have been added in since then. So uh, as far as like players who played games who uh, we did not currently or see before. Uh, there's like four people on this list that were not playing before that. Uh, at least according to the awesome chart that I have from uh, Shoemaker. Yeah. Uh, so no, yeah, then that's totally my fault for not looking at that chart that Shoemaker. I just sort of glanced at the list. I think what jumped out to me was I think 
and I could again, I could be wrong, but by this time last year, it felt like we started to see some bigger names like a Hugh Roberts or other USL names jumping onto that list. And right now, it still is mostly college guys. There's one or two guys that have some USL experience, but otherwise, it's all you know, brand new players to the to the. USL. I mean, you could you can make the argument we 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 already got that with Valeski and James and yeah, that's you know, true and Dos Santos and you know, so we we've yeah. made some signings for sure. Um, okay, enough talk about preseason games that don't matter. Um, but we're le- we're less than a month away uh, from our first game, so excitement starts to build. On to the main topic of the show. Uh, something that I've been thinking about uh, as we go into the preseason. I wanted to take a more in-depth look at what we might perceive to be the top teams in the East. Um, it was kind of uncomfortable for me that I couldn't say, like, who are the big four, who are the big five, or who are the big six. I mean, you can kind of pick your own number there depending on you know, the teams that you think are, are the big teams to compete with in the East. Um, but in this show... Uh, I've picked five teams that we're going to kind of go through step by step and have a quick discussion um, around you know, their kind of strength heading into the season. Um, we'll, we're going to talk about Hounds, obviously. We're going to talk about Louisville, Charleston, Swope Park, and Nashville. Um, before we even get into those, Mike, you were talking about before we started recording that maybe you would have included maybe one other or dropped one of these out. Who... And, and Josh, I mean, think about it, I guess, while Michael's talking. Um, you know, it, Do you guys have a big four, a big five in your head? Is it, is it different from the teams I've just listed? I don't know if I have necessary. I, maybe I do have a concrete big four. The one that is getting a lot of buzz and a lot of people are talking about in our sort of BGN Slack is Indy 11. Uh, Indy is making a lot of big signings, and, it, and the general consensus is that they're either going to be really good or they're going to be a dumpster fire where it's just kind of like we got a bunch of players, but like Tampa last year, yeah, where it's just we got a bunch of players, but they really don't know how to play with each other. And it's just a bunch of big names. So I think that the two big teams, not to not to disregard Louisville, I think that the two teams that are sort of spending um, and sort of have much grander aspirations than what they had last year in my mind are Nashville and Indy. So I think those are the two that are going to be really interesting to watch. I think you have to you can't discount Louisville after winning it back-to-back seasons and um we'll, we'll get there yeah, yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna put a lid on that one um, that's fine josh is, the, is there is there a quick kind of quick on a reaction to those teams do you have what you know when, when you have discussions around the usl eastern conference you know is there do you say oh there's a big four or a big five um i mean uh, historically it's really hard to do because so many teams come and go and right. uh, personnel changes and that kind of stuff but as far as looking at this season i think some of these new teams might be contenders uh and i i got a feeling at least one new team's going to surprise everyone and, and be in that top i don't I like it's hard to tell who it is right now at this point but i mean you you, you look at like memphis 901 and like the backing they have just teams like that it's like okay one of these teams could be you know uh, a contender, as they say. Well, we'll definitely have an option to kind of, you know, we, ha- we have a couple more weeks before the season actually gets started. Um, we, c- we can have further discussions around these clubs for sure. But let's just let's just start about it. Uh, let's just start talking about the Hounds. I, I, w- I want to do a kind of quick recap and kind of put some numbers out there and have a discussion around it. Obviously, we're entering into our 20th season as a club. Um, if you look at our, our kind of finished table, you know, f- finished season standings uh, since 2015, Funny enough, we actually started the podcast in 2016, um, but we finished 5th, 13th, 13th, and 3rd. Um, huge roller coaster ride there. Um, 
interesting to note, though. I'm kind of, I don't know, I, I, and we, we can get around a, a conversation around like the impact of the manager or whatever. Bob Lilly, since 2015, has finished first, fourth, fourth, and third. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess we, we have some other numbers here that we can go over, but I'm just going to, I'll quickly throw it out there and we don't have, just a one word answer um, will suffice because I think we're all on the same page here. But do we consider the Hounds? Being a, a a top a top team in the East this season, yeah, yeah, Mike, yeah. I mean, I think I know you said one word, but if I'm gonna sit here and say that, <laughs> if I'm gonna say, hey, listen, this isn't my show. I can say whatever I want at this point. Um, if if we're gonna say that, or if I'm gonna sit here and say that you have to consider Louisville a contender simply because they won the past two seasons, and then you sit there and say that Lily's gone first, fourth, fourth, third, then you have to consider the Hounds to at least be a top four team. Do you think we're we're slightly cherry picking though by saying no 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 don't look at us uh, don't look at our results just look at Bob Lilly's results Josh I I don't think so because if he was just the manager that's one thing but he's also the guy bringing in the personnel uh, the staffing in general for the assistant coaches and that kind of stuff he's kind of built this team and he's brought a lot with him from the rhinos i mean that's always the joke the you know the the river rhinos uh and we've already talked about having 10 players come into the hounds who have previously played for the rhinos or for lily in general i guess um so it's it's fair to say that he's had a huge impact and he's built this team and made it his own uh much like he did for rochester so it is fair to look at their history as far as their results yeah and i think that i think the saying is you know if you're gonna let them cook or if you want them to cook the meal let them do the shopping and i think that that's that's why lily has been so successful is because he has been given free reign to say okay you you go get your players go put your system in place whereas you have other teams where you have sort of a manager that's trying to sign players and then you have a coach that's trying to build a system around those players and if they aren't in sync you have a problem in this case it's one person so yeah Go, sorry, go ahead, Josh. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I mean, uh, I do want to put a little bit of caveat on there. As far as looking at stats and system, like looking at the stats and looking at all of that kind of stuff, that's analytically, I guess you could say this about Lily, but there's no way, shape, or form that I'm thinking in my head that the Hounds history are linked like that to Rochester. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to, like, steal Rochester's history and be like, that's ours now. It, it's not that. I'm just talking about as far as you know, looking at what could happen this season and the histor- historical data. No, but it does bring up a fascinating kind of conversation, I think, because I think, you know, I, I personally, I've been banging this drum for a while now for the past couple of weeks saying, no, you know, the ha- after last season and with Lily and all these teams, we are a big club now in the East. And I think it's completely legitimate for an outsider to say, hang on, you know, since 2015, you're averaged your average table position was eighth at the end of the season. Like, how can you possibly say you're a big club? You finished 13th two, you know, two out of the last three years. And so, and, and I think that'd be fairly legitimate. But I think on the flip side of that, you know, we can have that discussion around, like Josh, you're, you're kind of talking because of, because of how fluid the USL can be with, you know, one to two year player contracts and you know with everything that's happening in u.s soccer right now managers coming and going teams being moved up and new teams being created it's kind of hard to look at like kind of a, a body of work in, over the past like five years or whatever um it's de- it, things definitely move on a year-to-year basis so 
on that end, you can also make the argument fine ba- based off of the personnel and last year's finish. You know, then you can say legitimately the Hounds are, are a big club going in the East. Um, just a couple more numbers. I mean, so last season we scored 47 goals, conceded 26, leaving us with a goal differential of 21. I'll kind of reference that again once we talk about other teams. Um, our top goal scorer, Nico Brett, 15 goals. He's uh, 26 years old, um, which is uh, encouraging to me. I think that's kind of the prime years for, for any players. Um, and and I don't, I don't know how long Nico's going to stick around, but that's encouraging. Um, notable signings, we've already talked about him, but I think Valeski coming in um, scored 10 goals last season. Um, and, and a St. Louis team where he wasn't getting starts every week. He definitely played, um, but he, I don't think he was playing week in, week out over in St. Louis. Um, and now I, I want to talk about, so our first five games, I'll read them out now, and I'm going to ask you guys to kind of look into your crystal ball and try to predict where we're at five games into the season. Um, well, hold on, hold on. You can, when you say where we're at, are we talking about yeah. table-wise, or are we just talking about, like, wins, losses, draws? You're, pick your preference. I mean, because I think, so obviously it's harder to say, like, where, where you think we'll be at in, in a table, because then you're pretty much having to make a guess on, you know, which points, you know, based purely off of points where you think we'll be at the table. But I think it is also impor- important to kind of think about because we, we can say win here, loss here, and we're on this many points. Are we happy with that? Yeah, sure. But that also is a is a real-world reflection in the table. And after five games, we're going to be doing a podcast saying, guys, you know, we, we might be happy with, with our results, but Hey, we're ninth in the table. Are we? Are we going to freak out? You know. So I, I think it's. I think it's really important. But okay. So for the first five games, we're away at Tampa, and then we're away at Swope Park. We're away at Beth Steele. We're away at Louisville, and finally we come home to play Hartford for the for the home opener. To me, that is an incredibly difficult starting five games. Um, especially when you compare it with, with with other with other teams that we're going to talk about here in a second. So, guys, I don't know. What do you What do you think? Do you think this is you? You don't even have to do a, a point prediction. I mean, what are your thoughts? Is this Is this a tough? Uh, you know, st- home, home, not home opener, but the, but a, a tough a tough start to the season. Or are you happy with it? Where do you, Where do you think we'll be? Oh uh, man, um, I think I don't think we're going to lose these first five games i think i think my bold prediction like after the end of last season was that we were gonna go until like june before we actually lose and i i still sort of hold to that i think that we could make a crazy run and just not (laughs) lose but i think that if we come out of this five with three wins i'll be really happy three wins and two draws and i'm thinking that one of those wins is probably the home opener against hartford so that means Oh man, I could see. So, so what? That that means we'll pick up a win. Yeah, I'm gonna guess you're gonna say we're gonna pick up a win somewhere between Tampa, Swift Park, and Beth Steel, drawing the others and then drawing away against Louisville. Yeah, and I think that those draws could be you know nil nil draws, um, <laughs> which I just sort of feel like after this weekend I'm like oh, we're gonna have a lot of nil nil draws, which is totally just <laughs> not true. But yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. I think if we can if we can get three wins out of those first five games, I would be. I think ecstatic at this point. So that yeah, and that that would put us around eleven points, two points per game. I'm gonna guess that puts us around 
fourth or fifth in the table. <laughs> Way too early to care about the table. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying. This, really this, this is the fun. <laughs> this is the fun of a podcast. All right, be, all right, we can right. be idiots and prove wrong later. Let's, let's speculate. Josh, what do you right. think? Uh, as far as this uh, lineup of games go, I think it is actually a pretty decent for us uh, lineup because obviously we, we're not going to have home games because of the weather. Uh, it's it's probably better for us not to be playing at home for the first couple of games just to you know kind of not have to play in these conditions. So as far as who we're playing against, uh, Tampa is always kind of one of those, especially after last season, you just don't know what you're going to get. I am still don't think they're going to be great. So I'm looking at Tampa saying that's a good first game. Uh, Swope Park, they finished in like eighth place or seventh place last season. They're not a great team. Uh, they're a two-team. I'm not too concerned about that i mean hang on we just had a conversation i feel like a couple weeks ago how i think a a lot of us talking were slightly worried about swope park okay i i'm only looking at last season you're right they had better seasons previously yeah but i i don't know just the way mls is right now i just i'm not as concerned as i have been uh just looking at the way things are shaking out um best deal that's that that's a winner right there i mean <laughs> got to start early. The, the level of confidence you said that with is a bit surprising to me. Like I Okay, we have a lot of the same guys that we had last season. They have a chip on their shoulder with Best Steel. Best Steel on the other hand probably has pretty much all new players because it's a two team, so they don't have as much playing for it in this game as we do. Um and they're playing at uh what do you call it? The the Union Stadium, so they're going to be playing in a cavern of a stadium where it's going to have no atmosphere, so there's no, point, nothing yeah. to worry about there as far as atmosphere goes. So just on a regular like scrimmage-type feel game, because that's what this is going to look like and feel like, I'm not worried. I think we beat Best Steel. Louisville, obviously, that's going to be a tough one. I'm, I'm, I'd be happy with a draw on that one. And then Hartfield, I mean, it's the home opener, so... Yeah, granted, we have not been the greatest with home openers in the past, but I am hopeful. <laughs> and it's a uh, new team, so hopefully they'll be you know working out the bugs. So we should get that one easily. So it, so- it sounds like you're kind of around Mike's predictions as well. I, just... I might even be at four wins, one draw, but I'm, oh, I'm that's hopeful thinking. I right. would be happy with three. I'm gonna I'm gonna qu- I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly jump ahead just for um, context here. Let me read you guys Charleston's first five games. They're home against Ottawa, home against Hartford, away to North Carolina, home to Charlotte, away to Beth Steele. That's the five games I can get into. Like that's that's <laughs> that's an easier lineup. You're right. There's yeah, no questions about that. That's easier. Yeah, I'm gonna that's, I'm gonna that's... throw this out there real quick. I jotted it down. Charlotte is going to be a sleeper this year. But regardless, the other four, absolutely. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. But go ahead. Well, okay, so but fine. Let's even say Charlotte is their hard match there. We're away right. against the league champions, Yeah. you know, in our first five games. That's a but tough... that's, like, the only game that looks bad. Like, that's the only game I'm looking at in that lineup where I'm like, ooh, that's going to be tough. Every one of those other games look like they can be easily, not easy know. wins, but they could be points to be had there. Only Louisville is a hard game. And maybe, one hard game out of five is not bad. Maybe putting on my hosting hat has just completely changed my perspective. I, I disagree with you guys. I think it's, I think it's going to be a tough first five games. I'm not going to do a prediction on it. But... Oh, come on. Oh, you made us do a prediction. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, I'm not going to predict anything. Let's put it this way. I, I mean, I, I, I would be happy. Not happy. I would expect 
probably around seven to eight points. I would, I and I'd be content with it. Ooh, that's like that's like two wins, a draw, and two losses. You'd be that's like you'd be content with that out of the first five Let's, games of the season with a buy built in there. That's like six. That's five games in six weeks. I'd be content with it. I mean, that's that, <laughs> let's put it this way because like we're getting four away games out of the way, and so we're gonna have we're gonna home games are gonna start piling up later in the season, and I'm happy about that. And I'll look at. Let's move on to Louisville. Um, uh, we're a contender this year. We're a top four team. Yeah, we're going to get six points. I still, th- I said, three. I still think three we points. are. I'm going with three, three draws. I just two losses. I just think I just, I just think that's a tough that's a tough start to a season. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, okay. let's talk about Louisville. Uh, last season's league winners uh, finished second in the East behind Cincy. Um, they've been a club for five years. So as far as the kind of, you know, we talked a lot about the history of a club meaning something, especially with the um, Hall of Fame that the Hounds opened up. Louisville isn't, isn't that old of a team. They've been around for five years. Since 2015, they finished second, second, first, and second. Oof. That's impressive on its own. And I think we, we have to, yeah, I mean, like that level of consistency um, I think the points total is kind of interesting. In, in, in 2015, they finished second on 48 points, which is kind of nuts. And then they finished second on 60 points, first on 62, second on 66. I think, I think there is a conversation to be had maybe in a later podcast, what we think first is going to have to get in a points tally um, perspective this season. Um, because, I mean, I think it, it's getting harder and harder um, at the top. And so I think, you know, maybe 65 to 70 points is where first is going to finish. So, you know, at the start of the season, you have to start shooting for that, those kind of numbers. Um, there, but there's also more games too. Yeah. 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 That's something to keep in mind. The league was a lot smaller. Uh, 12 teams were in uh, the East, I think in that uh, year. Yeah. That sounds right. Right. But, but even like looking what I think since he, what, since he finished first last season, 70 plus right i think it, it yeah clo- they, they uh, ran away with it yeah yeah i mean so i i don't i, I it'll be curious to see what what, what kind of first finishes this year on, on how many points um last season they scored 71 goals conceded 38 had a goal difference of 33 just quickly i mean you know kind of comparing that with us you know that's in that that's a goal difference of 12 between us um they were plus 12 on us i mean they scored a lot of goals last season. Their top goal scorer, Cameron Lancaster, scored 26 goals, led the league. He's 26 years old. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if you guys know any news around this. There seems to be questions around his future at Louisville. Can you guys inform me on this? Any news? I have not been paying attention close enough. It uh, seems like I, I guess Louisville kind of put out um, a roster, and I didn't, I, don't, I didn't see his name on it. Um, I'd be, I'd be kind of shocked uh, he, if, if he did move anywhere. He's uh, no, he's no longer. I, I, sorry, I had to just double check this. He's no longer with Louisville. Nashville signed him, which was one of the reasons why I was like, Nashville's like trying to stockpile it. Yeah, they snatched right. him up. Okay, well, they, that that'll kind of color our conversation around Nash, Nashville here in a second. Um, Meaning, I'm I'm gonna have to speed this conversation up. Um, but <laughs> before, as I just say that, I'm going to digress real quick on Cameron Lancaster. I didn't know this, um, but while doing research for this, I guess he was in uh, 
Tottenham's academy, maybe. Um, but he was on Tottenham's books at one point and was getting game time ahead of Harry Kane, uh, which I just think is hilarious uh, that Harry Kane was playing second fiddle to Cameron Lancaster. Um, and look who's doing better now. Cameron's laughing all the way to the back. <laughs> Harry um, who? Got him. Yeah. <laughs> Notable signings uh, this uh, this offseason so far. I don't think they've made a ton. I mean, obviously you can make the, the I mean my, that news you just mentioned about him going to uh, Nashville. That could be the biggest kind of news on their comings and out and goings. Um, but uh, their manager is John Hackworth. Um, he coached the U.S. Under 17s national team for in, in two different stints earlier in his career. He was the coach for a, a longer time, and recently he just finished and. And came to uh, manage Louisville. I think he's been there since last year. And uh, and then quickly, their first five games are away at North Carolina, away at Atlanta, and then home to Hartford, Birmingham, and the Hounds. I mean, would you say they have an easier start than we do? I mean, it, discounting our game, yes. You have two expansion teams. You have Atlanta, which was a bit of a dumpster fire last year, and then... North Carolina, which they got themselves a new coach, and so there's a lot of buzz around the team. But other than that, yeah, they've got a pretty sweet role for the first five. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, just based off of that, I mean, I don't think we can start freaking out if we're, you know, three, four points behind Louisville after these first five games, just based purely off of the schedule that we're looking at. Um, but you're right. I mean, that, that game against us that um, is, is going to be quite big. Um Guys, I mean, I, what are your, Josh? I mean, do you, would you, would you put Louisville as the, as the top team coming into this season in the East, or is it maybe something where it's us? Is it Nashville with all the signings they've made? I mean, but but just looking purely at their pedigree, you know, over the past five, uh, couple seasons, they they have they haven't finished lower than second, and then they won the league last season. I mean, that's that's hard to ignore. It is hard to ignore, but it's also hard to ignore the fact that they lost their lead goal scorer, uh, twenty six points last season, and that's that's a big chunk of theirs. I mean, yeah, they, okay, they scored seventy one, so it's not all their points, obviously, uh, goals. I mean, but that's still a pretty big chunk of them. So that's going to yeah, hurt like them thirty percent. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's going to hurt. I yeah. mean, you have to make that up somewhere, um, because yeah, conceding thirty eight games or no, conceding thirty eight. Uh, goals just looking into it like i don't know it's hard to tell it's hard to tell where where that gets made up at and and how they do this year but just looking at historical data you can't kind of bet against louisville i i feel like they're they're definitely going to be in the top uh i don't know if they're number one but they're they're going to be darn close if they're not i mean it does bring up an interesting conversation mike um you know sure they scored 71 goals last season but they lose their leading goal scorer and they conceded 38. That's that's 12 more goals than we conceded. So, if if they're not going to be, you know, I guess we it's fair to make a prediction saying that they're probably not going to score another 71 goals this season, which means if they want to keep that goal differential and and you know keep that likelihood of of win percentage or whatever, they're going to have to be more solid at the back. Do you? Th- I mean, like. I don't know. It's, it's a really difficult question because this isn't a Louisville podcast saying, like, do you think that, that they can do it? But, I mean, wh- what are your general thoughts around Louisville heading into this, heading into this campaign? It's, it's a little bit, uh, I don't know. So, like, we were talking about 
the instability of clubs and you mentioned sort of the one to two year contracts and there's so much turnover. So it's hard to really say like, you know, this, this team has this legacy in the USL. And clearly I think if you're going to look at any team in the USL, the one you could point to, to to have some form of legacy is Louisville. I think the other case that can be made is that when you're trying to look for patterns of success, um, you could almost say, and I think a lot of people sort of think of Bob Lilly as a club. You can look at what he did in Rochester, and you can look at what he did last season in Pittsburgh, and you sort of assume that there's this legacy that he sort of brings with him. And so Bob Lilly is the club. Louisville having a new coach stepping in, I know there was a lot of questions last year about could they continue sort of what they were doing. They had the benefit of having a – they basically re-signed their entire team from 2016, or I'm sorry, from 2017 and 2018. So there wasn't a lot of turnover there. um, And that sort of helped them through that transition. So it's interesting to look at Louisville and see that they've had this much success with different managers, you know, with, you know, bringing in Lancaster. Now Lancaster's gone. Um, So it's difficult. I think it's very easy to look at the shiny new, well, okay, Nashville took Lancaster, Indy's signing all these people, and it's very easy to overlook Louisville, but I think that that would be a mistake. I think until we see otherwise, they've got to be in at least the top four in my mind. Something else to think about, because I I had to look it up because I wasn't sure, but Lancaster has been with Louisville since the beginning. So these seasons of second place, second place, first place, second place, have been with Lancaster on that squad, um, and now they don't have him. Does that make a bigger difference than we think? I like this. this. You know what I mean? Like that—that that could be a you know a weakness in the armor uh, that we could see that be something that uh, really does hurt the team more than people might think. Yeah, I I, I like how we can argue this from two different sides. I, I like how Mike, you you were just talking about how yeah, with all the turnover, you could say one of the most impressive things is that they're continually finishing as high as they are because that kind of points to this more kind of solidified club mentality and and well-structured kind of club off the field Um, but at the same time Josh as you just mentioned they lost their main man Um, and maybe they're this year's uh, Tampa which man wouldn't that be amazing Um, (laughs) but I mean Lancaster wasn't their top scorer uh, in previous seasons sure uh, yeah they had Chandler uh, Hoffman he had uh, 14 goals uh, I think in 2016 so it's it's not like it's was always just him he was their main man but still right, right. all right well let's let's jump on to uh, Charleston um, you know we talked about Louisville only being a club for five years Charleston has been around for 26 years um, since 2015 uh, they finished third sixth second and fourth um so you know relatively consistent only finished outside the top four not that that number entirely you know matters as far as playoff spots are concerned but only finished out of the top four one year um in the past four years um and and pretty consistently hitting you know high 40 low 50 point totals um for the season um and then yeah speaking of consistency um their manager uh michael Anhauser, sorry if I butchered that, um, has has been their manager since 2005, and he spent his whole career there. I think before he was the manager, he was the assistant manager, and then before he was the assistant manager, he was a player. Um, so this guy is Charleston kind of through and through. Um, guys, I mean, what, what do you, th- I, I don't know, I, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about their manager here. I mean, you know, we talked about all the, all the movement that happens in the USL between players and managers and clubs. 
if, if we're fans of Charleston, if we're doing a Charleston podcast, um, you know, they, they're, I don't know, are, are we happy? Are, are we happy right now with this manager that we've had since 2005, but yet to really kind of produce any any big notable things? I mean, I, you can maybe make an equivalence to like Arsenal or something under Arsene Wenger where, you know, this guy's been here for forever, but you kind of, do you, do you start getting bored of just kind of, <laughs> you know, high high table finishes season in, season, out, season, in, season out, Mike? I'm going to kick the Josh. Josh had something like Josh. Ready, ready to go. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I from the outside, I wouldn't be tired of him because he has kept this team, which, in all intents and purposes, isn't like you know a huge, huge team or a big box office team uh, as far as the league goes, and he's kept them relevant for a very long time, and that is a hard thing to do. And this is someone who, if you think about it, it's kind of like in this revolving door of a league. He's been a constant. He's been there. He's seen it grow. He's been able to grow with it, and he's been able to, you know, adapt. And that's something you want. I, I don't think I, I kind of see him like a lily, where it's like, yeah, he's there, and he's he's doing the work, and he knows this league like the back of his hand. Why would you want to get rid of that? Especially when just two years ago you're in second place. I mean, it's 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 not like he's had a bad run. I feel like Charleston's always one of those teams that you're just like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, no, I know they came in sixth, but they're not going to be anywhere this year. And then they come in second, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They came in second, but and then they're still in fourth, and like they're just always sort of there. I think in the same way that I sort of picture the Hounds always sort of being there with Lily, where some years we're going to hit it and it's going to be a deep playoff run, and we may take a championship, but other times you're always just sort of hanging around that three, four, five spot. And that seems to be Charleston. And I think people, again, you want to look at the flashy Nashvilles and the Indies and the new teams that are coming in, but you have Charleston, like you said, 26 years they've been in this league and they're still hanging around at the top of the table. Josh, correct me wrong, they're the only other old guard team that's left in USL Championship along with us. As far as the champion goes, yeah, they're the only ones up here with us. So, you know, part of me feels like we got to watch out for our other black and gold brethren in the uh, in the USL championship and uh, keep pulling for them. But yeah. Yeah, I mean and also if you look, I mean they, maybe their their kind of table position has fluctuated, but I mean, you know, they finished on 46 points, 48 points, 54 points and 56 points. I mean, so they're you know, you can't knock them for progress. I mean, because every year they're they're getting more and more uh, more and more points and I don't know, it'd be, you'd be hard hard pressed to bet against that again this year. Um, they're, uh, from, from what I can tell, they're keeping their top goal scorer from last year. Um, Guerrera, he scored 15 goals. He is 31 years old, so he's getting into the twilight of his career. Um, that, that could be something that, as a, as a Hounds fan and podcast, we can kind of hold on to and hope that Charleston might drop, um, you know, or get a little more, get a little less production out of their top goal, goal scorer last season. Um, Last season, they scored 47 goals, conceded 34, getting a goal difference of plus 13. And yeah, their first five games, I already talked about it briefly, um, but at least in my eyes, it's very favorable. Uh, it's Ottawa. It's, it's home to Ottawa, home to Hartford, away against North Carolina, home to Charlotte, away at Beth Steele. Um, Mike, I mean, 
they have to be finishing the first five games on a higher points tally than us. Although, I don't know. You're saying we're going to get 11 points in our first five games. Do I, you think Charleston... I said I would be very happy if we finished with 11 points. Um, so, do I think Charleston finished with more than 11 points? Yes. I think that Ottawa, Hartford... Um, I think North Carolina is going to have some figuring out to do. I think they could turn out to be a decent mid-table team, but with a new coach in there and a new system, there's always some growing pains that go on. So I think they could pick up a win there. And then you have Charlotte and Beth Steele. And I know that I just said that I think Charlotte could be a sneaky team. Um, again, it's it's one of those things where it feels like Charlotte has a lot of new pieces. And part of the game is trying to get those pieces to mesh, which we saw a lot of with us last year, where it took some time for that meshing to happen. So yeah, I think that Charleston has a decent chance of coming out of those first five games, winning four um, potentially of those games, maybe all five. It depends on what you think of Beth Steele, but yeah. That puts them ahead of us. Yeah, that puts them ahead of us. Five games in fairly comfortably. And I, and I want you guys both to kind of, I don't know, make mental notes of this process because at the end of this, I'm going to make, I'm going to ask you guys to have a prediction of, of these five teams. Just give me the order in which you think it's going to be after five games for each of them. It's going to be the complete opposite um, of what I'm saying right now. You know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That's why I'm telling you okay, now. All right, good. Um, Josh, what do you think? Uh, uh, at least first five games for Charleston, how do you think it shakes out for them? It's pretty favorable. I don't, I don't think this is going to be a uh, terrible starting run for them. Uh, but it's just it, with all these, the caveat is the caveat is it's the beginning of the season. Everyone's still feeling each other out. Everyone's still trying to figure out their their team, getting their feet under, under them. So who knows for you know for sure? <laughs> but it it's it's a Mm, one, two, three, probably three wins. I'm trying. I'm trying to get you to abandon all sensibility <laughs> and just be ridiculous and just guess and guess and guess. Um, Out of these first five you're, games, you're they're being get, reasonable. They're gonna get seven wins, Kev. How about that? First five games. <laughs> first five games, seven <laughs> <Done>. wins. <laughs> let's let's jump on to Swope Park, uh, the new addition to the Eastern Conference uh, this year. Last year, they were in the Western Conference. Um, for those of you who don't know, i.e. me heading into um, this year, they're from Kansas City. Um, they've been established for four years. And since 2016, they finished fourth, fourth, and seventh. Um, you know, it, it, it's look, I, I don't want to spend too much time in Swope Park because I think it's, if there was ever a team where I'm in the Josh mentality of, we don't know until we start seeing some results. I think it's Swope Park. Uh, I think it's. I'm. I'll put my hand up immediately and say I'm not watching the Western Conference every. Uh, you know, every week. Um, but uh, but they seem to be a very you know mid table team, and they're a two team. You know, they have they have a Kansas City team in the MLS, so that's always caveated as well. Um, uh, top goal scorer uh, Hadji Barry scored 19 goals last season. He's 26 years old. It's pretty good return. Um, however, they did. Swope Park did finish on a negative goal difference uh, last season. They scored 52, but conceded 53. That is quite a leaky defense. Um, don't win many championships that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, but that's the thing. I don't know if many of us are, are kind of putting Swope Park, you know, to, to be serious championship contenders. But they can definitely be a thorn in the side. Um, that wasn't their manager. I was gonna say that wasn't a dig at you, by the way. That was a dig at them. I I'm totally no, in the yeah, camp yeah. of like when I saw them come over from the west, I went ah crap. Like here's another team we have to worry about. So yeah, go ahead, continue. Yeah, th- th- so their manager is Paulo 
Nagamura. He's 35 years old. He had a youth career at Arsenal and played largely in the MLS. Um, he's been their manager since 2018. Um, and yeah, they're, so their first five games, they're away at Red Bulls. Um, then they're home against us. And then they're home against Beth Steele, home against Indy 11, and then away at Birmingham. Guys, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts around Swope Park? Uh, we had quick discussions around, you know, they might be a big team. Uh, you know, talking about them a bit more with these numbers and, and this history. And it, yeah, if I haven't mentioned already, they've been around for four years. Um, and, and this starting first five games, uh, Josh, what do you, how, how are you looking at Swope Park? Do you think they're going to be a, you know, a serious kind of top table contender in the East this year? It's going to be interesting because it's, it's always interesting to see a team, how they perform in one conference and then coming over to a different conference to see how that pans out. If they're a seventh place team in the, or we'll even be generous, we'll say fourth place team in the West, does that equal fourth in the East or is that a little bit farther down or a little bit higher up? It, it, it's just going to be interesting to see. But as far as the starting, or starting games, their first five, they probably have the toughest, I would say, out of uh, the ones we've talked about so far because they have Indy 11. They have the Hounds. Um, and Red Bulls is always one of those weird ones where it's like that could be uh, you know, a trap game where you don't know what to expect from the Red Bulls. Uh, best steal, meh. Uh, in Birmingham, we don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> even even more difficult than our first five games, you would say? Uh, I, I think so, yeah. I, I think there's more top contenders in that first uh, five than what we have to play against. I mean, because Indy 11, we, we talked about that's going to be a team that's, that's yeah. probably going to be really good this year. We're really good. Uh, Red Bulls are one of those teams that are always like, up in the air so that's three hard games uh compared to us having you know even though they're all away it's it's mostly just I, I love how you right. keep like pooping on beth Steele too but like i <laughs> i think they might be okay i don't know we'll we'll have to wait and see i i get the argument if they're a two team and now they're playing in a cavernous stadium and they have this whole new push towards youth and all of that but um, I, I agree with you. I think that these first five games are probably the most intriguing to me because I think that they could be the most difficult out of these five teams that we've seen, but they could also turn out to be the easiest. You know, the Red Bulls could show up and be nothing, and then Beth Steele could be terrible, and Indy 11 could be a dumpster fire, and then you're left with us and Birmingham, which is a new team. So they could really have sort of us as sort of the big name, and then they're they're figuring themselves out for the rest of these. We, we just don't know. Um, but it is, I think it's intriguing that it could be that swing of either the most difficult or the easiest out of what we've seen. So let's move on to Nashville. Let's finish up this conversation. Nashville being, I would say, the biggest wild card that's not a wild card. Um, <laughs> if anything, you can almost argue that they're probably going to be the biggest certainty. Um, but so, yeah, I, they, were in a, they were a new team last season. This is their second year. Um, last, last season, they finished eighth on 49 points. Uh, they scored 42, uh, conceded 31 with a goal difference of 11. Um, their top goal scorer last year was Brandon Allen, who scored 10. He's now at Tampa, so he's gone. But as 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 what you guys uh, pointed out to me, uh, Cameron Lancaster has now moved there from Louisville. And they've also signed Daniel Rios from North Carolina, who scored 20 goals last season. Um, if I'm not mistaken, those are the two top goal scorers in the East uh, last season. Um, so even though their top goal scorer had, was was on 10 goals last season and he left, uh, they they added the two top goal scorers in the East last season. 
I, that just depresses me. It, it's hard for me to even <laughs> talk about. Um, I mean, talk about a huge, you know, like transfer window. My God, I mean, that is. I I can't even think of like any other club in any other league anywhere that like in one in one off season can go and sign the two top goal scoring play. Obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of things around that. Nashville will be moving on to the MLS uh, next season. They're not going to be anyone's business, but. Um, I was quickly talking. Lan- Lancaster signed with their MLS team too, and he's been loaned down. So there's sort of that incentive there. And their biggest issue last season was scoring. They could keep the ball out of the back of the net. That wasn't their problem. It was scoring. And now that they've got that figured out, I think that's where they become dangerous. Right. A lot of people kind of what kept talking about how they're kind of a, a Pittsburgh light yeah. in, that, in that sense. Um, their manager, Gary Smith, um, had a playing career in England and has managed a handful of MLS clubs for no more than three years at a time. Um, and yeah, their first five games, home against Loudoun, home against St. Louis, away against Red Bulls, away against Ottawa, home against Memphis. 15 points. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, <laughs> it's about as easy as they come, um, Mike. I mean... It, is is this seriously something where yeah anything less than I, I'll I'll give them a draw and say anything less than you know thirteen points is a disappointment for them? I think so. I mean, at least from the fans' perspective, and you know, to be fair, our our friends over at the Speedway uh, Soccer Pod, the guys who cover Nashville, they've been really humble about all of this, and they they also are are well prepared to be the heel of the league in the same way that Cincy was last season. The problem is that I think that they're just too nice whereas Cincy fans are Cincy fans um if if you're wondering why I paused go check out the the Twitter storm that happened when we commented on their jersey reveal um from this past week but uh, yeah I think anything I mean it's a lovely jersey Mike we have to admit it's a lovely (laughs) beautiful jersey honestly I mean I yeah I I was gonna say I can't imagine another team wearing it better but I can Uh, it's just yeah, what are you going to do? Back to Nashville. Let's talk about Let's Nashville. Let's talk about Nashville. Um, yeah, look, Loudoun, which is a new team, a uh, brand new team, St. Louis is bouncing back to the east in the same way, I mean, that Swope Park is. And it's even worse because they've had to bounce the past two years. Um, and it sounds like there's – And they lost Valeski. And they lost yeah. Valeski. And so there's there's going to – St. Louis is still trying to figure themselves out. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to get Phil on the show, Phil Grooms. Uh, to get his take on them, but it feels like there's a lot that they're trying to figure out still. Red Bulls, we said, could be anywhere. Ottawa's a Canadian team, the last Canadian team that we're going to face here. <laughs> and then Memphis is brand new, which, again, there's a lot of excitement around them, but you've got two expansion teams and a, and a Canadian team in your first five games. So it's just... And those expansion teams you have at home. and uh, Exactly. And and you now have, you know, what? third or You have two of the top goal scorers in the league from this past season on your squad. It's yeah. I mean, Josh, they they literally signed forty six goals um, in two players <laughs> um, from last season, and then also adding that you know they only conceded thirty one last season. They're only going to get better, um, surely. Uh, what what are your thoughts on Nashville? I mean, Nashville is. I, I would say they have the most expectations put on them out anyone in the league uh, because they are going up to MLS the next season after, and they are getting that influx of uh, funding because of that, and be able to use the funding money that MLS uh, allots them. So that is a big deal. But at the same time, could be a nickerish situation. I mean, this this team has a lot of weight on it. I mean, it's going to be flying pretty close to that sun, and it could be coming crashing down. Uh, it, just because you sign good goals doesn't mean that they can perform under your system or with each other so who knows what happens there 
Uh, I wouldn't say this is a surefire winning team just because of the money they've thrown around so far. Uh, this this team has not performed yet. I mean, eighth place is not a great team, uh, and they've only been around for one season, so it's not like they have a lot to build off of here. Now, with that said, I mean, money does cure a lot of wounds. So it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they can. goals worth of wounds, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They, they can buy their way out of this. I'm not saying they can't. But it, it, we have seen that fail in the past in other leagues, in other teams. So I wouldn't say this is a surefire uh, winning team. <laughs> Cincy. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Cincy, like, what? I think they they at least were somewhat good before they got MLS. I mean, they... they Finished, I think, sixth the year before, and the year before that, I think it might have been third or something like that. So at least they had been upper. Uh, so yeah, just from their one season, Nashville's eighth place finish is not that uh, impressive to me. Um, but this is also a pretty easy starting five games for them. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, even if they only have a middling team, uh, can eke out the first five games and be okay. Mike, do you have any final words on Nashville before we start wrapping up here? Uh, no, I have a feeling. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that um, we're, we're gonna jump on. <laughs> we're gonna. All right. So, so the kind of final thing I'm gonna ask you guys to do. So we we've went through these five teams now. Maybe we'll preview more uh, in the coming weeks. But we've 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 talked about obviously the Hounds, Louisville, Charleston, Swope Park, and Nashville. Quickly, um, forget about the first five game thing for a second. I want you to kind of make a prediction out of these five teams. You don't have to say first, second, or like eighth or ninth or whatever. Um, just just give me the order in which you think these these teams will finish um, in in relation to each other. So out of these five teams, uh, Mike or Josh, who do you think is going to fi- you know finish? the top out of the five and second out of the five and third out of the five. Are we talking for the season? Um, or are we talking to these first five games after the season? And then, and then we're going to talk. So pretty much saying, who do you think are going to be the best clubs in the East this season out of these five teams? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys a second to think about it. I'll, I'll let you guys know what, what I think. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be hard to look past Nashville. Um, I'm, I'm ready to be proven wrong. I'm ready to see them stumble in, in the face of all the expectation, but I think it's going to be really hard for them uh, to, to do that. I think it's going to be much easier for them to fulfill uh, all the expectations. I would expect them to finish kind of the top out of this group. I'm going to put us ahead of Louisville, especially with them losing Lancaster. I mean, this this um, and I think this is a big year for us. I mean, part of me is this, this is hoping as well, because I think if, if we can finish the season ahead of Louisville and then behind a team that's going to the MLS, then once again, kind of by default, that puts us as like the top team in the East going into the 2020 season. And that's kind of what I want to see. And, and I, I, I actually think it can happen. I think we're, we're going to challenge Louisville. I think we were the better team against them in head-to-head games last season. Um, so I would say like Nashville, us, Louisville, Charleston, and then Swope Park out of these five. I think that's kind of my order. Um, Mike, I'm going to look at you next. What, what, do you, what do you think? That was my order. So you win. Um, okay. No, I, Josh. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think the only, like I said, I think the only other team that you know, wasn't on your list that could be up there or could be in, you know, whatever we're with 16th or whatever. Yeah. would be Indy. Um, we just have to wait and see. It's just, they're throwing a lot of money too, but I think it's going to be hard to overlook Nashville. Like you said, but I do think that this could be the year that we overtake Louisville 
and that's I mean that could be a total homer pick. Um, I think that yes, they lost Lancaster, but you know if they find somebody else that can put goals in there, they've got enough other pieces that they can figure it out. But I'd like to think that it would go Nashville, us, Louisville, and then it's you know a, I don't want to say a toss up between Charleston and Swope Park. I think it'll probably be Charleston then Swope Park. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Josh, I mean I'm going Homer here. I'm saying we're getting Woo! One, obviously. Uh, but after our uh, stellar uh, defeat of the entire league, um, I'm saying probably Louis then Nashville, Whoa. actually. I, I feel like Nashville, it's just something about it doesn't feel like it's a foregone conclusion to me. The more I think through it, I, I don't think Nashville has shown any reason to be all that confident. And yeah, I'm hoping, like, it's like saying third place is bad. It's not bad. That's still a great finish. But I don't think that they can uh, just buy their way out to uh, first place. And then after that, uh, Charleston and then Swope. So, so that being said, we've just, we kind of put our order out there at the end of the season. Let's have a quick guess around what we think it's going to be like after five games. I mean, so, and I, we don't need, we don't need specific ordering. Just give me a general feel, maybe even just pick one team and, and say how it might differ. I mean, so for example, I'll, I'll go first. I think while while I would expect us, you know, I'm kind of putting us as like the second biggest team in the East heading into the season. That being said, I mean, I think after the first five games, we could be kind of the fourth best team point total in this group, you know, out of the five. I could I could definitely see, you know, Louisville, Nashville, Charleston um, all being ahead of us after the first five games. Um so I, I think that's that's kind of just like a yeah we're gonna have to take a, the, the first couple of games on the chin. That being said, I mean like yeah I think Nashville they they might have 15 after this. They might be a perfect team after the first five games. Um, so yeah I, I think I think it's while while I would put a second I think that this, these five teams kind of get shuffled around based off the difficulty of the first five games and and I, I think we we probably have the hardest start and and I would expect us to be lower in the table. Um, in, in context to, to the groupings that I think it's going to be at the end of the season. Um, Mike, what do you, what you're moving in your chair and smiling. So I'm going to go to you. I just had this mental image of like, you know, we're all sitting here going like, uh, you know, Nashville just signed all of these goals and things like that. I'm picturing like, you know, Valeski comes back, Dos Santos is here. And a lot of these guys from that Rochester team that they're just like smirking, like, ha we got the gang back together. And they start dropping like three, four goals a game, like woo. And just like possible, yeah. going on a tear. <laughs> and I, again, you know, they put nothing away against the University of Charleston. So, like, it's uh, – it, yeah. We got time. But, yeah. Um, Preseason doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. But I'm just I'm, – I'm having this image of just, like, ha-ha, we're back. And it's just, you know, boom, boom, boom. So, I, yeah. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> While you were talking, I was just – It's fine. I was picturing you answered it. You answered it in a lot of different ways. And, yeah. Josh, Josh, what do you think? Out of the out of the first five games, how would you expect uh, to to see these five teams? I'm tempted to not give an answer here and just be a protest vote because I I really don't want That's fine. to you talk can. about the table at five games in. But if I had to, I would say, I, yeah, go ahead. I was just, I just think it's I think the point of this this question and this exercise was me just trying to say, I don't think it'd be a shock. If we saw the likes of Nashville and Louisville come away with close to 13 to 15 points, and I also don't think it would be a shock for us to come away with anywhere from like six to 10 points. And, and I think that's, that's 
kind of you're a, trying to stem the panic you're trying to stem the panic you're trying in to tell a way, the fans in a way do not freak out yes. the first five this games is, yeah. are, this is called, are different varying levels yeah. here it's called the evertonian it's it's fine <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm trying it out this is a new thing for me you know. welcome to my life but no it's it's definitely uh, i agree with that aspect of this this the five games are not a a good barometer of where we're going to be uh at the end of the season just because of the the weighted balance of everything uh all the other teams have compared to us all right, let's let's wrap this up. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. Uh, that's our kind of wrap up of these five teams. Let us know um, what what if if you like this format. If we should do another show like this. If we should talk about indie. If we should. Uh, I mean, I don't have to host it. I'm not trying to say me hosting, but like the sound like you just said. Let me know if you want me to take over the show. You know, <laughs> that's go not ahead true. And, this uh, is great, tweet man. Me I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all. You want to do this? You go for it. I will. Not true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, let us know what other teams we should talk about. Indy definitely seems like they're, they're up there and, and deserve to be discussed. Uh, thank you to our partners, Roughneck Scars, uh, official sponsor of the Mongols podcast and <laughs> <laughs> scarf supplier of USL. Can we say that? Yeah, yeah they're the official scarf supplier of the USL. Uh, not official, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> get get all your custom-made scarves at roughneckscarves.com. I believe that's that's correct. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm like waiting at the side of the rig, like waiting for you to tag me in. Like, just go. you got it. You I'm go. too far I'm, in. I'm, I'm, I'm too far in. The chair. I just handed you the chair. You finish it off. Do it. Finish, uh, email us at mongols at bgn.fm. I'm pretty sure that's, that's correct. Thing, uh, yeah. Tweet us at at mongols. Um, there's an Instagram. Go check out the Instagram. It's it's. There's going to be more content on there for sure. It's a nice little new addition that you know we as the pod are trying out. It's quite nice. And yeah, let us know what you thought of the show. Uh, Give us any questions. We'll talk about it on next week. And thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Oh, man. Uh, Cheers. (laughs) Later. (laughs) I like how you're like, I don't want to do your sign off. I can't think of one. Never mind. Cheers. (laughs) Uh, And fade out.